Hey there, welcome back, wonderful humans. This is the Board Game Dads Podcast, Episode 2, May 2022. My name is Anthony. And my name is Eric. And if you haven't guessed it yet, we are the Board Game Dads, coming to you with Episode 2 of a new format here, new podcast slash video cast, however cast you want to call it. Thank you for receiving it through your ear holes. We appreciate that. Uh, Eric, it's May. It is. Which means that summer is is kind of around the corner um, <clears throat> to an extent. And the weather is definitely changing, although here in the northern New Jersey area, you wouldn't know it. It's been a little chilly. We had a frost uh, warning last week, so I haven't planted anything outside yet. We got some uh, peas planted, but uh, we did have to bring them inside for a couple of nights last week. What did you plant? Peas. Oh, peas. Oh, okay. Yeah, they they got to be planted early. They really can't get, they can't do, they don't do well uh, higher than like eighty degrees, I think. So we got to oh, get them in the ground okay. and, and and producing food before like mid July ish. Yeah, we have all we have right now is four little tomato plants that are potted. They're not outside either. I will I bring them outside and get them some air during the day, and then I bring them back inside at night. <laughs> Anyway, this is not the garden episode. However, if that's your thing, we have talked plenty about such topics in a board game holiday spotlight on National Gardening Day. That is true. That out as I don't well. remember what thing. day of the year that was. Was that in May? You know, it very well may have been in May. Because okay. I feel like the the um the unofficial like like time to plant stuff is like after Mother's Day. That's like a a general rule of, of thumb. Yeah, I thought it was after Easter. Oh, I don't know. That's risky because Easter moves I around. I, just, I thought I heard that, but like it's still pretty cold after Easter. I just maybe I remembered wrong. Maybe I heard from the wrong person. It's true. Anyway, All right. enough about that. Let's talk about some <laughs> board games. Indeed. And let us start with our last three. It's the last three games that Eric and I have each played. I'm going to kick us off here with one that um, is able to be played over Zoom, which is how this past play in particular did occur. Uh, That is the game Tiny Towns, which is quite the puzzly, um, you know, kind of city planning sort sort of game. You'll have a small grid in front of you with these different uh, resource cubes that are going to be coming out, and you're going to add these cubes to the spaces on your grid in a specific pattern to build these buildings that match up to that. So there's all kinds of buildings in the game. Uh, There's only one building that's like constant in every game. Other than that, the setup is pretty pretty wide variety here. There's a lot of different cards, especially if you throw in some expansions, you get even more cards. So you're never really always playing with the same set of buildings. This is a game that the first time I'll, I'll never stop telling the story. The first time I ever played this game, I scored zero points, hmm. <laughs> but I loved it so much. And I was like, oh, okay, this is a good game because if I liked it that much and, and failed so miserably, I know it's good. So I want to play it again and um, have played it very, very, very often since that first time around. Very puzzly. Uh, it's definitely got a little bit of AP for such a simple looking kind of setup. But that's Tiny Towns, the first of my last three. All right. Well, so 
I'm just going to come right out and say this. So we actually tried to record this uh, a couple nights ago, and uh, we were unable to due to technical difficulties. And so I actually I added a fourth game. So my first game is Meadow. And we played this uh, maybe about a week ago. And my wife and I, we love this game. It's an open drafting set collection game with some really great art. It's got animals and nature and, and plants and everything. So, you know, it's right down my alley. It's right down my wife's alley. And it's fun. It's It's got these unique mechanisms where you're, you're trying to use these five different markers as that have numbers from one through five and then maybe even a question mark to choose which card you're going to play or which card you're going to take in a, in a row or column. And mm-hmm. I haven't really seen a lot of too, too many games that do that. And uh, I do like this one. Yeah, this is a good one too. I played this not too long ago myself Yeah, and it's uh, it's enjoyable so far has a lot of replayability. I think that there's a ton of cards in the game. Yeah. And each one has a unique piece of artwork and there's an index that have all the, uh, all the, all the animals or, plants or whatever's on the picture yeah we've talked about how to you know what you can take away from games sometimes uh, what you learn things like that and some of them are just pasted on things but this one has got some really good info i mean if you're doing any kind of unit on on nature at all you can certainly incorporate that that's meadow great my second one here is a lot shorter than meadow this is one that my wife and i very often bring or used to bring, I guess, when we used to go out more often. But we just recently went out one time and, and brought this game with us to play out at the uh, the bar area, and that is the Roll and Write Quinto. So if you're familiar with uh, Quicks, it's a very similar concept where you're rolling the dice and are writing numbers in ascending order from left to right. Uh, but in this version, you can skip around a little bit, and you can also get some really big swings of bonus points if you line up uh, certain numbers actually vertically in the uh, the three rows here, there's three colors in the game and three dice of those colors. So when it's your turn to roll, you can decide to roll one, two, or all three dice. And if you roll all three, then you can write that total anywhere. But if you roll, say, just the orange one, you're only going to write that in the orange row. Uh, definitely a quick one. I love it because it is small and very portable. It only has three dice, which is even you know more portable or less components than even some other really small rolling rights, right? They have like four or five, maybe even six dice. Right. So Quinto, really, really quick one. We uh we got asked about it while we were playing it at the uh at the restaurant we were at, which is always kind of cool. Nice. And yeah, so for that reason, it goes in the bag and it comes with us. That's Quinto. If you like Quicks. And you've never heard of this one? I think you would enjoy this one a lot. It's surprisingly, have, no relation. We've got like QWs. I have not had the chance to play that one yet, mm. but yeah, I'm sure I think you would enjoy it. Yeah. All right. My next one, I think, is Island Alone. You are correct, sir. All right. So this uh, we talked about this in a uh, Kickstarter video we did on YouTube. That's right. And so this was a print and play Kickstarter, and we finally got to play it. And it's cool. We it's you know it's it's got that that map that sort of is reminiscent, I guess, of Trails of Tucana if you played that. But you're basically 
in the beginning, you're going to pick some scenario and that's going to tell you what you have to do. Like if you have to build a raft or you have to build a, a fire and then have enough food and water, and then you use your, you roll four dice on your turn. You, you use them to move around if you want to get a resource and you use the same, some, some resources have like a number listed on them. If you use that exact number die, you get like an extra bonus point and it's a cool game. We only played it that one time and we, I did look through a bunch of the scenarios and it looks like there are a couple, at least one, cooperative missions. Uh-huh. Interesting. So we'll definitely be checking those out because, you know, cool. we love the cooperative games. But yeah, that was, a, that was a fun one. It was, you know, and for five bucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, you can't go wrong right. with that, man. And like you said, there's so many different like scenarios. You can play different ones. You can probably play them all in one night if you really wanted to go through the whole thing. And we laminated ours. So now awesome. we can just use them all the time and use uh, use some markers on it. Nice. But yeah, definitely a fun, a fun little game. Cool. I'll check that out. All right. My number three here is another sort of abstracty, puzzly kind of layout similar to Tiny Towns. Very different theme, though, but more abstract. But this is Sagrada, which is the dice placement stained glass game. Um, this is one where everyone's going to be, everyone is going to have a different kind of grid setup uh, for their particular stained glass window that they're building. And that's going to dictate which color dice you want to place. And there's a bunch of restrictions on which dice can't be next to each other in terms of same colors or numbers and things like that. And then there's also a couple of these like tools that everybody can use if they pay some currency that will let you kind of break those placement rules or maybe alter the dice a little bit. Uh, this is an older game at this point, but there is no shortage of expansions for this. And I got to say, it, it can also be played over Zoom. It's a little more tedious and like a little bit because, you know, both both parties do need to own the game. Right. And then basically, if, if you want everyone to have a chance of rolling, you're going to roll and then tell the person that's on Zoom with you, all right, I got four green die, two twos, a three, and a four. And I got two red ones. And I got, you know what I mean? So it's that communication part is a little tedious, but it's like it's like a few seconds. So that's a good uh, yeah, Sagrada is uh, really fun and a gorgeous looking game when, it, when it's finished, you know, with all it's those translucent kind of dice. So they really have a. Oh yeah, that looks, last look that looks really it. cool. Uh, I haven't gotten that. I haven't gotten a chance to play that one either. But that one's definitely on my list. That it just looks cool. It's yeah. you know dice dice placement. Oh yeah. All right. Speaking of dice placement, my number threes. Oh boy. Are because we played you know an additional game since we made this list, so I just squeezed one in there. Anyway, one of them is uh, Professor Evil and the Citadel of Time, which is a cooperative game it's got action point allowance and you're basically moving around trying to disarm certain traps so that you can save treasures that require you know those traps to be disarmed and you have to save four treasures before their time runs up like each treasure comes out it'd be like oh you know this one uh you have 45 minutes and there's a central clock in the middle and that's you know kind of the mechanism and on the professor's turn he's going to be moving around locking doors, making it more difficult for you to move around and, uh, and resetting the traps. And that's what you got to do. And it's a, it's a fun little game. It's, it's not great, but we'd like it a lot and we'll play it often because we love cooperative games and it's just, it's different. It's, 
it's I guess it's got a similar feel to maybe like a pandemic mechanism, but it's completely unique in its own right that it, it's mm-hmm. that's not what it's doing. It's not like you something happens and then everything has an outbreak or you know a bunch of fire like in Flashpoint or something like mm-hmm. that. But there is this central thing that's happening every time that uh, the perfect Doctor Evil goes. Doctor Evil, yeah, <laughs> but. Now I'm not sure about this. You could probably find this game pretty cheap on, uh, on at your local game store online somewhere. Yeah, I think I've seen this in Barnes and Noble as well. And then the other game we played is Role Player, and mm-hmm. so both of these games were the first time we played this year. Obviously, we're uh, we're still doing our 100 different game challenge, so mm-hmm. we got to pick up a bunch. And Role Player is a fun one. We it's. What is it? Uh, Keith Mateka? I don't remember how to pronounce his name. But it's a one to four player. um, Dice rolling, dice drafting, dice manipulation, and dice placement game. Where you're doing all this to create uh, your your character statistics or attributes and all that stuff for a Dungeons and Dragons character and it's really cool and i have both of the expansions so we play with the uh the monsters and the minions and the fiends and familiars and it's a little tedious if you haven't played it in a while to pick up because you know you know you got three different rule books and there's always like a question that you have to look in this rule book oh wait no maybe it's in this rule book mm-hmm. oh no that would probably be it so you play with both expansions normally so together. oh yeah it, okay. We we love the game with both expansions. That's where it's it's at its best. And and the expansions work together. And the the final, the third one, the Fiends and Familiars, does a decent job of incorporating rules from the Monsters and Minions expansion. But if you're really looking for further clarification, that's still another rule book you have to look through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we love role player. We have role player adventure and. We've been saving our characters for a while, so we got like maybe fifteen different, sixteen different sheets in there of different characters that we've played and made in the game. Nice, yeah, cool. Yeah, I've, I played it with you guys only one time, and I, I think it was it was probably before you got any of those expansions. To be honest, it was right. it was a good good while ago. All right, so that's the last three. Hey, if you're listening to this at this point, let us know in the comments what the last three games you played were. Be nice to see that, and we can talk about it, comment on it, maybe even feature it in a future episode. So there's that. Now, speaking of past episodes, as in the only one before this one, we had a special segment where we came up with a couple of board game related haikus for one another, and we read them to each other and had whether we guessed if we got the game right, and we, we both got it right. On that first one that is true i tried to make this one a little more challenging on purpose i tried to be a little more vague uh but we'll get to that in a minute because i left it in the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> so i will be back in a flash and i will be here wasting time i'm back told you it was gonna be fast all right, you want me to go first? You're going to read first. Uh, so what are we doing now? We're going to do our haikus. Oh, we're going to do our haikus. Okay. Uh, I, you, I went first last time. You go first. All right. Always have a plan. 
but don't become too attached. Watch out for the man. Oh man, I don't, I don't think I know. I'm not thinking on the right, on the right wavelength for this one. Uh, I, I gotta guess like some sort of like criminal heist game. Uh, so I'm gonna say the big score because I own that game. That is incorrect. But you do own the game that this is. Do you want me to tell oh. you, or do you want me to give you another hint? Um, no, you can go ahead and tell me. This was Colt Express. Uh, it was the marshal, not the man. Yeah, I know, but I didn't want to say Marshall because I felt like that would be too obvious. That's true. All right, all right. You're going to like this one. All right. <clears throat> Robbers on the streets. Lazy farmers on the ground. <laughs> while the knights stay home. Barkazone. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. That was crafty. I like that. It's crafty. All right, All so right. let's you know what? get. We're it's, gonna get into uh, some 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 May Day. Yeah, it's holiday time, baby. Holiday time, holiday time. All right, so it is May. May first is a holiday. It's May Day. What you know about May Day? Uh other than it's a sign of distress for a ship. Ah, I'm glad you said that because I have a little bit of information about both of those here. And I will flat out tell you all, I am straight up reading from Wikipedia right now. I'm not pretending to know this stuff off the top of my head. So the Mayday distress call was made by this gentleman, Frederick Stanley Mockford. Uh, the 1920s, he was the radio guy at an airport in England and they asked him to think of a word that would indicate distress and that would be easily understood by everybody. And so he used some French words, mieds, which means help me, or man, I'm not saying this correctly, meder, a short form of benemeder, which is come and help me. This term is unrelated to the holiday, May Day which is May 1st. It is a European festival holiday that was usually the unofficial start to summer, uh, which is right about halfway between the beginning of spring and the beginning of summer. Sometimes you do stuff the night before. The traditions often include gathering wildflowers and green branches, weaving floral garlands, crowning a May queen, sometimes with a male counterpart. Hmm. And setting up the maypole, may tree or may bush, around which people would dance. There were some bonfires and uh, maybe even some singing and things like that. I'd and there's love a little to more hear to from people if any of these traditions still happen, because it sounds like a lot of do. stuff from like back in the day. But it is, it is. That would be cool. Because um, I've actually, I actually seen, I've I've seen a May Day. I've never heard of May Day. Ah, yeah, yeah it's. Uh, it's a lot of skipping and, and dancing and flowers. Huh. That's but a new one to me. It's a celebration. All right, so that's May 1st. Uh, Eric, you're you're in charge of the of the list of holidays there. So what's uh what's our first official one that we're gonna talk about? All right, so I guess uh, May second would be Harry Potter Day. It would be. There is no shortage of Harry Potter games. There is not. And 
I have, I think I just have two of them. I have uh, Harry Potter's Codenames, which is a, uh, I think it's, it's a two-player only cooperative version. It has some words and some pictures of uh, people or magic. <laughs> and then we also have Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle, which is a cooperative deck building game, which we love very much. We have both expansions, unless there's more than two, and then we don't have all the expansions. <laughs> But it's a it's a great game. We do house rule this one. There are a few games in our house that get house ruled to make them not ridiculously difficult. We house rule this one. There are uh, I think two, maybe three villain cards that we just don't use anymore. You know, because we played through the whole game, books one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and now we have everything all together in one, and we're going through like the monsters. I don't think we started the uh, the, the charms one yet. I'd have to double check the book, but. It's just, it's, it's too difficult sometimes when you have, uh, what is it, Bella Matrix? She, you know, her card's real tough. And you, if you have that in the first round, you're not going to win. And you're just going to get real upset about the game. If you're like me, I get, my wife and I will get real upset if like, it's like the third round <clears throat> and we're almost done. <laughs> like we're, we almost lost already. We just have a couple of turns more that we won't be able to do anything. And then. So we remove those games, and now when it's difficult, it's more fun, but it never gets absolutely painful. Gotcha. I'm no Harry Potter expert by any means, but I'm pretty sure that her name is not Bella Matrix. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Bellatrix? That sounds better, yeah. Okay. But I know exactly what you're talking about. And so this this has to be a game that you house rule. This I feel like this game is the most house ruled in your house. Um, that used to be true. Oh, okay. Anyway, if you are a fan of the genre, uh, you can check out a video that we did last year with uh, our friend Ryan Billingsley at dadsuggest.com where we did some game picks that were about different kinds of books. And he did this cool thing with his family where they went through each book, they read the book, and then they watched the movie, and then they played the scenario in this game. And they did that for all of the stories, which is a pretty cool family thing to do. Uh, The only one I have is the House Cup Competition one, which is a worker placement game, actually, with some pretty cool components. Haven't gotten that one to the table in a while, though. Check that one out again. So that's May 2nd for all you Potter fans out there. What are they called? Potterheads? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Let us know in the comments below if you're a Potterhead. All right, Eric, what's next? Uh, number, so not to be outdone with Harry Potter Day, but next is you know Star Wars Day, May the 4th. <laughs> Back-to-back IP, I'm big IP. I'm pretty sure it's been a holiday longer than Harry Potter Day has been, uh, but I'm not certain. Yes. Uh, anyway... There's, there's no shortage of Star Wars games. Uh, there's Star Wars Unlock, which is my favorite unlock. We've already done two of them, and now you know we, we're not sure if we want to do the third one and finish it, or you know it's going to be sad because then we can't. We're done with it, right? Uh, we do have Star Wars Imperial Assault. Was not a big fan of it. I'm not big into like that whole DM kind of thing. I didn't realize it was that, and I just went out and bought a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> now it just sits on top of the shelf, doesn't get played. But then they made a cooperative app for it, and uh, and I tried playing it once with that, or once or twice with that, and it just 
it it didn't work. So I'm not uh, I'm not going to get that one off the shelf anytime soon. But I, I have not I have not given up all hope. There will be a new hope. <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, I've got let's see. I think the only Star Wars game that I actually own is probably Star Wars Risk. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. Ours is still shrink wrapped. Yeah, nice. Which is is usually widely available. Um, I played X Wing once. I didn't hate it, but I, you know, no intention of buying any of the right. parts for that. That's just the a sinkhole of money. But <clears throat> like Harry Potter, there's a ton of these you want to get really in depth. There's you know really heavy ones like Eric was just mentioning, and then there's some lighter things too that you can get your hands on, like a little card oh, game yeah. or something like that. There's- we have a couple card games. Uh, we might have like a Star Wars left, center, right kind of thing. Yeah, Star yeah. Wars, you know, <laughs> you know, there's all types. Loop and Chewy. We don't have Loop that. Chewy. But like, just uh, another one. I think you yeah, so that's May 4th. <clears throat> and then we got uh, May 5th is the 5th of May, Cinco de Mayo. Oh, that uh, is true. I, I didn't really have a good game to talk about for Cinco de Mayo, but I do have Lucador. Luchador. Luchador. Mexican wrestling dice. And the game, we haven't played this in a long time. It's a two-player game. You can play with more if you do tag teams, but you're basically <laughs> rolling dice at the same time. And based on what you get, maybe you can re-roll stuff. But if you, you know, there's like certain symbols. If you roll that, you can't re-roll it. And sometimes you're trying to roll them and knock the other player's dice out of the ring. And that's pretty much it. The actual game itself is like a little ring that you set up and it's got like elastic bands and <clears throat> it's, it's really cool. And it's fun because it has these big cardboard standees and you can sort of pull them up against the ropes, pull the rope back because it's elastic and then fling them across the, the ring to hit somebody else. And that's really the best part of the game. But um, I, I forget who, what his name was, but it is uh, by a Mexican designer as well, I believe. Oh, okay. You gonna bust this out in a in a few days? Uh, you know, I might. I know Melissa's not yeah. a big fan of this one, but eh, how long can know, it take? We're doing a hundred game challenge. This will be a pretty quick one to read at there least, and then play and figure out if we like it. All right, what's next? Right. Oh, so next, so this one's not always the same day in May, but right. this is always the first Saturday, I believe. Yeah, I think it so. is the Kentucky Derby. And I saw a couple years ago on Instagram, a friend of mine went there and like dressed up like real old timey with like the very, like the, the hat and the Easter colored like suit and everything. And it just, it looked really cool. And a lot of people were dressed up like that. And that just really intrigued me. So I, I, I thought it would be cool to kind of like celebrate this. So we went out and bought long shot, the dice game. It's not great with two. Mm-hmm. But it's oh. fun, and I can't wait to play it again. Okay. And uh, I, <clears throat> we only played it once, so I, I'll, I'll talk about it more some other time. But it, it's definitely, you know, you, you're running around a track. or not you're running around a track. You're, you're betting on horses and moving them slightly. But you're basically rolling a die, and that tells you which horse moves. And then other horse may move one also. Okay. And if you play this game and the same number keeps coming up, 
that horse is going to win. Whoever bought it is going to have, you know, like a, a pretty big advantage because, you know, they have that horse. They bought it. They, you know, they're probably betting a bunch of money on it. We keep rolling it. The horse won. So it, it does kind of suffer a little bit from that. Mm. But you can see that that's happening and just bet real high on that horse and maybe outdo it from the other person. So that's. What's the player count of this? Do you know? I think it's up to eight. Yeah, I was going to say it probably should be. That's cool. Yeah. And then we also got Horse Fever, which is an older game that has been also re-implemented, right? I believe this is now Unicorn Fever. Yeah, yeah. Which I almost bought today. Mm. I I have heard it's not great with two. Yeah, well, a few racing games are. Right. <laughs> but All right. Yeah, we didn't. Are you a are you a fan of the races? Do you ever place any bets on the ponies? I haven't bet on horses in a long time. I'm probably not going to start this year, but I'm definitely going to try and follow it, you know, like towards the end of the week leading up to it. And then maybe even watch it on Saturday. I don't know, you know, if it's like a couple of hours or like 30 minutes, <laughs> I'm going to be more interested in the Kentucky Derby this year than I was last year. And I'm going to continue to, to be like that. Cause this is now an interesting thing to me. And I I want to, I want to, I want to like it more. You know the uh, the drink, the mint julep. You should try uh, try making a little cocktail at home. Uh, I might try that. Absolutely. All right. All right what's next so after Derby what's Day? What's next uh, is the following day is Mother's Day. There you go. So we have actually done a video for Mother. No, you actually you did a bunch of videos. You had the mom's yeah, takeover. That's right. Last year we did a, a mom's takeover. We had three or four videos, I think, with all different special guests. You can definitely check that out. Uh, I can post links to that as well. So we covered a, a wide variety of topics across those series. But uh, Eric, you had a game in particular that you wanted to talk about for this because it plays well with your right. family so, specifically. My parents are not gamers. And the game just won. We ended up playing it one time. And it worked really well, enough so that my mother actually came at some other point and was like, oh, I really like that game we played. I was like, oh, man. So, like, if you are going to have a Mother's Day family situation with parents that may or may not be gamers, mm -hmm. just one is not a bad idea. Definitely. Very, very quick to teach. Get played, get started immediately with that game. Uh, I just threw in here Bloom, you know, the whole Mother's Day flowers thing, and we do have a lot of videos about flower games and stuff like that. This one is from Game Right. It is a small roll and write game with some cool colored dice. And you're just trying to fill in different parts of your garden that are split up into these different beds. And you get bonuses for finishing the most uh, of a color first and then the beds first and things like that. Uh, nice little different looking little score sheet than a lot of those straight line <laughs> roll and writes that we talked about a little bit earlier. Just a couple picks for you for Mother's Day, and Happy Mother's Day to all of you. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. All right, what's next? Next is May 12th, National Limerick Day. <laughs> so in preparation for National Limerick Day, we have each created a limerick about a board game, similar to what we do and will do at the end of this um, with haikus now. So uh, do you want to go first or second with the limerick? Uh, well, I went first for the haiku, so why don't you go first for the limerick? Okay. All right. So 
Hold on, I gotta pull it up. I have it on my phone. All right. There once was a man from the bay who was traveling to Santa Fe. He booked a flight to El Paso, which became a big hassle because Dexter was rampaging LA. Ah, uh, tickets to ride. Yeah. Dexter. Dexter's the dinosaur or the Dexter's alien? Dexter's the dinosaur, yep. <laughs> yeah, I figured I'd, I'd throw in Santa Fe, El Paso, LA, and then the Bay, you know, San Francisco. But then I just nice. I had to go with Dexter. I, w- I didn't want you to. Excellent rhyming. All right. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. There once was a man from an island. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> One that would soon become violent. So he hopped on a boat, but too soon did he gloat, because up popped a creature behind him. Oh, I know this one. This is Survive Escape from Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I had like two or three things crossed out before I got to Island, and I was like, how can I work this into a game that he would know and also make like a clever rhyme? But I didn't want it to be super obvious. So right. Island. Awesome. Good job. <laughs> All right. So back to the holidays. Uh, May 24th is Brother's Day. You know, whatever recommendations you have for Brother's Day, whatever game your brother likes to play. Done. Uh, and then May 30th this year is Memorial Day, which we right. did a video for last year. We did. And uh, and that's all we got. That's all we got for holidays. Uh, there's obviously a lot more. We you know kind of cherry pick these stuff that right, we want to talk right. about. Um, but you know it is in many people's minds Memorial Day, the unofficial start to summer. Maybe it's May Day if that's what you celebrate, or maybe you just stick to the calendar and wait for that day in June when summer starts. It might be the start of beach season. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, beaches. A lot of people open their pools on Memorial Day as well. All right. Well, you know what else happens in May? What? It starts to get hotter. Right. You with me? No. <laughs> no? No. Nope. We're going to talk about the hotness. Oh, oh, I thought we were going to do our haikus, but we already did those. Right. Hotness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, righty. All right, so I got for this segment, because you know we had the limericks and the haikus, and you know I I, I forgot the order. <coughs> it's, a, it's a poetry heavy episode, folks. Right. And uh, who knows? Maybe next month will be. I don't know any other poem types, but the haikus are definitely going to stick around. Yeah. All right, so we uh, again kind of picked, and you know, amongst a lot of the quote unquote hotness that's on board game geek. And just choose, chose, excuse me, a few things to talk about up here. So first one we got is something that I did not know was happening. This was a surprise to me, and that is from Jamie Stegmeyer, a follow-up to Viticulture called Viticulture World. Uh, if you've never heard of Viticulture, it is a very popular uh, worker placement game where you are making wine and you know selling it eventually and building some structures that increase your potential to make wine. It's a pretty cool worker placement engine building type thing. And this version of the game becomes cooperative, apparently. That is true. 
That's all and I so know. Gonna be, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know much about it either. So I've only ever actually played Viticulture, I think, once. Uh, it was years ago, and I liked it. I remember liking it. I don't think I won, but it was uh, it was a good game. And uh, all I know about this is that it makes it cooperative. So that is very interesting to me because that would make a game that I already remember liking better in my yeah. eyes. Yeah, for sure. All right, what's next? We what got is next? Right. another Sleeping Gods game another already? Sleeping Gods game. This and this it's not even an it's expansion. Just it's its own standalone. It's on Kickstarter. I think it's not, it's still up now. It's probably not not gone. Um but yeah, this is another standalone Sleeping Gods. Mm. That's all I know. I haven't right. even played the first Sleeping Gods yet. I don't know which one to get. Hmm. Yeah. But I, I think you can get the first Sleeping Gods with this Kickstarter, but you might have to get it with like all the expansions and everything. And I think it's like over $100. I'm not going to be able to do that. I just want to get the base game because we're never going to play through the whole thing anyway. No, that's true. I guess. For yeah. Depending. Uh, it's an interesting, you know, it, the regular game is, is it specifically like a water-based thing or is that just a cover that happens to have like a big water creature on it i have no idea oh man we are really really sounding professional right now the way we're talking well about i mean like stuff. i said we just want to talk about it because it's the hotness i'm <laughs> i love i love sleeping gods i and i haven't even played it but i love ryan lockett's work i have we, we have above and below and we played it and it was like oh this game is cool but you know i really just want to go below and have like that story aspect and then they made near and far. We're like, oh, this is great, you know. Mm -hmm. And then they're sleeping. So like, this is right down my alley. This is what we were waiting for, and we just weren't able to get it. And that, ugh, yeah, we just we gotta wait. Yeah, you'll be okay. Yeah, I know. But still, uh, I want to know which I like one. The cover. It's a giant pterodactyl, and it looks like a little tiny jet. It's kind of like a combination of. It's kind of like Jurassic Park three. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Where it's finally got the birds, right? That was in the third word, Lost World? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Wrapping it up here, one more. A Libertalia Winds Libertalia. of Palecrest. I've had Libertalia on my shelf for probably close to eight years. And we've played it a few times early on. It's not great with two, so it doesn't get off the shelf often. And because of that, it doesn't get off the shelf often when there's multiple people here. I'd, we'd rather play something that we know better. Um, but it's this kind of game. I, I think it's similar to Citadels, which I've never played. That's but you, everybody has like the same 30 cards. That each card does the same thing as the other person's number one, number two, and vice, and so on. And you start with a certain amount of them, and you play the game. So everybody ha is starting with the same kind of stuff, but they're doing different things with them. It, it, they're like crew members and everything and it's a fun game like i said it's not great with two but it can be a lot more fun and i think it plays up to six too so just just a warning what i've noticed in the and i love two-player games especially two-player cooperative games if it says it plays two to six and it's not cooperative it doesn't most likely doesn't play well with two right Right. It's sad know, it's, but true. 
made for that higher count with, you know, you can still play it at two. Uh-huh. Okay. Or there's like a special little paragraph at the end of the rule book that tells you how to play with two. And it's like right. nothing like the actual regular game. If you want to play two, just set up a four player game and play two characters. Okay. Or I make, guess, you know, I, I guess. Yeah. Or make this third, like AI dummy character that makes decisions based on some kind of yep. algorithm or something. All right, so that's it for the hotness for this episode, but there's plenty more if you check out Board Game Geek. You can see all kinds of stuff that's going on there. Let us know in the comments below what's on your radar, what's hot in your household. All right, Eric, what else is going on before we wrap up here? Uh, let's see. we got a couple of videos coming out this month on YouTube, uh, right? That's right. That's right, yeah. Um, let's see. So this should go up relatively soon, and then that later that week, the... Uh, First Orchard facts review videos going up. Uh, First Orchard, a game from Haba, specifically for two to three-year-olds. So Eric and I'll give our thoughts on playing that game with our respective toddlers. Check that out. And uh, on the same genre, we'll have a top 10 list coming out soon. Uh, Specifically, top 10 toddler games. So top 10 games for two to three-year-olds. Be on the lookout for that. We pretty much did First Orchard, and we were like, uh, maybe we should rank all the games that we can play with our two-year-old who's almost three, you know, and there's not a lot of videos or lists that I could find for that age range. There was a few. Um, so here's ours. There you go. So expect that. And then, uh, eventually a new Kickstarter day video will be on the horizon as well. Uh, if you're looking for stuff from the past, check out episode one of this so you can, you know, get the origin story, so to speak. Uh, also, last week we did, or I did rather, a uh, collaboration with Crystal Dax. Right. We did a top 10 Wordle variant. So if you're a Wordle fan, check that out. We talk about a lot of the spinoffs and things that you can play and waste your time with during the day instead of doing actual work. And that's about all I got. All right. Any wishes, Eric? What are we wishing? Happies? We're going to happy Mother's Day. Right. Happy Brother's Day. Right. Happy Memorial Day. And uh, I think those are the main ones of the month. Yeah, and happy Star Wars. May the fourth be with you May the fourth be with you. Absolutely. All right, folks. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.